Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can also follow me on Twitter whenever I get my Twitter back, at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today <laughs> is Landon McCool. Landon, how you doing today? But I almost called this the, the Locked Out Cowboys podcast, but... Uh, <laughs> it's good. I mean, I, I've I've had a great time the last twenty four hours of Twitter. I, I'm I, sure you, you know, have. I haven't seen was this, a, <laughs> was able to reestablish that running backs and now the twenty four hours has passed. Someone pointed out not only do running backs matter, linebackers matter now too as well. So you're really like losing just, ground. I'm gone on for Twitter. A, I'm gone for a day and it just burns down. It's a full frontal uh. assault. We are like full. I'm fully invading your territory and just claiming it as my own right now so you, you do need to figure out a way to get back on to defend yourself yeah so if anybody you out there knows how to to fix twitter let me know just give me some help uh anyways we're going to talk about some cowboy stuff um landon uh this week pro football focus has announced their top 100 players of the decade um and i know you don't care about this stuff as much as i do but i do uh so let's let's look at the cowboys that are on the list we'll start with uh number 75 des bryant um, you know, Dez was drafted in 2010, really didn't start to realize the, you know, kind of what his powers were until the 2012 season, late 2012. By 2014, I think he was the best receiver in the league. And then had some unfortunate things happen to him between, you know, an injury in 2015, a quarterback change in 2016, uh, and then it was not healthy in 2017. Talk to us really quickly about Dez's career. Do you believe he belongs on this uh, top 100 list? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, I think you look at the fact that, I mean, he didn't have a terribly long stretch of super high-end production, right? No. But... But his high end production was so high that it was that it like it made the difference. He's the all time leading Cowboys touchdown reception leader, which I mean that when you think about all the great receivers and tight ends that have come through the Dallas throughout the years, that's pretty impressive. Even, you know, and, and, and people will definitely say, you know, look, you know, adjust for era and adjust for all that stuff. Even then, like, I mean the fact that Dez was able to do this and destroy career numbers uh, for the for the franchise in you know what amounted to basically four really you know productive seasons and then a, a smattering of some other kind of uh, you know piece together seasons I think is is crazy impressive and it just shows you like how dominant Dak uh, Des was for you know that time period when not only was he the best receiver in football but he was probably the best scorer in football you know and 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 maybe the best non-quarterback offensive player in football. I agree. I, I I truly think from that stretch of 2012 to 2014, Dez was the best receiver in football. It's a shame that his career had to kind of be derailed by injuries because uh, I, I really think when he was at the, his very peak, there weren't many receivers better than him. And especially, I, I still say, he's the greatest red zone receiver of all time because you can just put that ball anywhere near him once you get it to the, the you know to the end line, and uh, he would make plays happen. Um, let's keep going down this list at pick or number fifty one uh, is Zach Martin. So of the three Cowboys offensive linemen, Zach Martin actually comes in third. 
Uh, that's kind of surprising to me considering I think he's made the Pro Bowl every single year since he's been drafted. What do you think about Martin coming in at 51? Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, again, not to nitpick over stuff that I am i don't really believe in too much with these lists, but I, I feel like I, I, he needs to be way higher on this list. I mean, do, you think not, he's not the best, only, do you think he's the best offensive lineman during the decade for the Cowboys? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's in the conversation. I think it's him or Tyron. I don't think – I mean, I love Frederick, but I don't think Frederick – I've always felt like as good as Frederick is, there's still a, a level between him and Tyron and, and Zach, right? Sure. Like, I, I, yeah, I think Zach Bard is a freak of nature and, and a, a, the, the example, you know, even now as what you want in an offensive guard in football – uh, yeah, to, to put him not in the top 50. And, I mean, again, I love my other two offensive linemen that are on this list. But, I, I mean, he needs to be where Tyron is. Like, they need to be touching tags. And I think he should be above Frederick, to be to be perfectly honest. Yeah, if I think if you're talking about careers, I think Zach Martin has had the best career so far. Maybe not the best of all the offensive linemen, because we'll get to that in a second. But I think... Martin's career has been fantastic. He's missed just two games in his career, started 94 games, uh, has, made, again, made the Pro Bowl every single year since he's been drafted, four All-Pro appearances, including back-to-back in 2018, 2019. I think you can make the case he's been the best guard in the NFL and uh, you know since 2014, so therefore he should be higher on this list. Uh, the next offensive lineman for the Cowboys is Tyron Smith at number 43. While Tyron has dealt with some injuries, I would argue that when he is at his best, uh, he's been the the best offensive lineman in the league. I mean, he just nobody really beats him. Uh, pro Football Focus said he's never had a season uh, with a, a grade below seventy five. Um, you know, he's played at least thirteen games, I believe, every single season so far. What are your thoughts on Tyron coming in at number forty three here by Pro Football Focus? I mean, that's just absurd. Are you kidding me? Like. <laughs> Like, I, I I just assumed, and I guess that was my problem for assuming, that uh, Fred, that Ty would be way up there and they just missed Zach. But no, they just completely missed on all of this, right? Mm. Put Tyron Smith number four, number 43 for the decade? Are you kidding? Like, that's, a, that's an incredible slap in the face. Especially, again, like, I mean, that even adds more of a slap to the face to, to the Zach Martin thing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is absolutely ridiculous. Tyron Smith is, you know, not only maybe one of the best left tackles in, in of the decade. I mean, definitely the best left tackle of that decade, but maybe one of the best left tackles of all time, you yeah, know? I and agree. so for him to be put in outside the top 50 for a de- the, the decade he played in is is stupidity. And, you know, is, and is, there any tackles, you know look, is there any tackles that would be higher for you than, than Tyron? On on that decade list, yes. Because I, I mean, Jason Peters is and Trent Williams are the only two who I think should be even brought into that conversation. Joe Staley, maybe. Yeah, but I, again, I, I feel like when they're again when they're playing at their peak of their powers, Tyron's better than all those guys. Tyron's better than all of them. Yeah. See, that, yeah. I, I, that's I mean, I, again. These are people who I think should be mentioned in the same category, not above him. No one should be above him. No, like that's, no. it's, 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 it's absolutely absurd, to be honest. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the final one. Uh, Zach, or excuse me, Travis Frederick, number 34, the number one center <laughs> in the decade. 
by Pro Football Focus. Listen, I get it. Frederick was fantastic. But of all the uh, centers, yeah. he's the one that's played the least, right? Because he was drafted in 2013, missed 2018. I, I, I guess I don't know the criteria here, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I, I think this this list is just not good. <laughs> I don't know what else to put, how else to say it. Like it's, uh, I mean, I think Frederick's fantastic. I mean, obviously, I, I'm is he in conversation for the best center of the decade? Without a doubt, is he? <laughs> So much of is he is he a better center than Zach Martin is a guard or Tyron Smith as a tackle? Are you crazy? Like yeah. no, like this is and again, even if you put Tyron at thirty four, whatever you said that was, that's crazy low still. So I I don't know. I mean, I never really trust PFF on ranking offensive linemen, anyways, and I think it's kind of asinine, frankly, to individually grade offensive linemen for which is usually a group wide assignments. Sure. So, uh, but I mean this, I mean, even then, even with that huge grain of salt of how much I don't pay attention to it, this still seems absurd. All right. So Frederick is the, the number one center. Now I'm going to read you the tackles that are ahead of Tyron. Uh, we've got Joe Staley at 27, who you mentioned. Uh, we've got Andrew Whitworth at 21, Jason (sighs) Peters at 19. And then we have, Joe Thomas at 11. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting that Joe Thomas was in that decade. Now, Thomas didn't play a ton in the decade because he yeah. did retire a little early. But, okay, I, I can buy that one. Joe Thomas, Thomas is, yeah. yeah. Joe Thomas is at the level that we're talking about with Tyron Smith as far as I'm concerned. Sure. Andrew Whitworth was a very solid to above average offensive tackle who had kind of a late career resurgence with, uh, with the Rams. I, I, I mean... I don't think he was ever. I mean, I don't think he's as good as Tyron Smith. I, I, sure. I yeah. I, mean, I don't know that. I mean, he may have had a season where he was as good as Tyron Smith. Uh, I think Joe Staley is is a great offensive tackle. I, again, I, I don't. I mean, Hall, <laughs> Tyron Smith is a Hall of Famer. Like you yeah, know what I'm I saying? Guess. Like I, I don't know that. I mean, maybe Jason Peters because of his career length and. Uh, and I, I mean, but I don't think Whitworth's a Hall of Famer. I don't think Joe Staley is necessarily a Hall of Famer. I, I don't know. I mean, this to me, and uh, maybe an un, unbiased, un, unrelenting homer, but this, the fact that they have all these tackles above Tyron Smith in the decade where he performed at his peak uh, is so ridiculous. Sure. It's just, it's, it's insulting, frankly. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with more Dallas Cowboys news. Just wanted to remind you guys that today's episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar that you will ever have. I can promise you that. It's hard to even explain just how good Built Bars are. Uh, I tried the peanut butter one the other day and was just blown away by how good it was. Did not taste like a protein bar at all. I swear that you're eating a candy bar, and that's just how good it is. Uh, the best part about Built Bar is they're fantastic for you. They have an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There's no crazy additives. If you want to experience a Built Bar, and I highly, highly recommend that you do, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. All right, Lynn, over the last week on the Locked On Podcast Network, it has been a series of what-if questions about our each, our each franchise uh, today I've got a couple fun ones for you, and again we can do whole podcasts on these, but uh, we'll break these one up into uh, little segments. 
Uh, let's first start with this one, Landon. 2014, actually early 2015, the Cowboys go to Lambeau to play the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round. Uh, Romo throws a pass on fourth down to Des Bryant, which is a catch until Dean Blandino has to interject himself into the game. What if they call that on the field a catch? What if they stay with the initial ruling? How does that change Cowboys history, Landon? Well, if they stay, I mean, I think this is something that has been a what if that has been very thought over, <laughs> if not just in the you know in the waning few months of 2016, but many many months since then. Um, you know, I think that if Des makes that catch, I, I feel pretty confident. First of all, I think it was not only a catch but a touchdown. I agree. I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't really know how. It was. I, I would have accepted it not being a touchdown and a catch, but you know the fact that they're trying to tell us it was neither was is absolutely ridiculous. Again, but we're not going to rehash that. Sure. Uh, I think that they score there. Dallas has still got to find a way to stop uh, Rodgers, and that's not a guarantee. You no, know, I think and that's that, that's my biggest problem with this whole thing is they, they probably their defense just wasn't good. It, no, it wasn't good. They had a, a, allowed 27 points already at that point, and and I think you know for uh, the, the the you know they were beat up. They they just didn't have an answer for uh, you know Cobb and and for uh, who Ty Montgomery had a, had Jordan, a good game Jordan game. Uh, or Jordy Nelson. No, they just Jordy didn't. Nelson, yeah, and so like yeah, I think that you know if you look back at those. Uh, at that game, I, you know, we all want to believe that it would have, it would have, it would have been different if they had, you know, and maybe it, it, I, I certainly think that there's an opportunity for that. I mean, you, you, you just, you know, there certainly is a chance that if they had scored there, it would have changed the angles, and, and maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it did, maybe it does, uh, 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 you know, promote the defense to kind of tighten up and 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 uh, and, and and lock down there. But I just think, you know, at that point. In the game, you know they had. I, I'm pretty sure they had already let up over 350 total yards, and, and you know they they were having they were struggling all day, and and I didn't I didn't really necessarily believe that they were going to be able to. They hadn't shown us enough to really convince us that they were going to be able to turn around and, and stop uh, yeah. Green Bay from marching down the field and scoring. I, as much as I want to believe, even if that team. You know, even if they win that game, they would have played Atlanta next week, and it would have been in Dallas, I believe. Right? No, no, not in Dallas. So who? That's I'm thinking of the 2016 season. Who would they have played in 2014 if they win that game? Do you remember? Uh, I think it would have been. I, I can find it real quick here. Wasn't it Seattle? Uh, it probably would have been Seattle, right? I think Let's it did. Seattle beat Carolina. We're talking about the 2014 season, right? Yeah, it like, would have, yeah. it would have been Seattle. <laughs> so they would have they would have gone to Seattle and played Seattle in Seattle, which I, I'm pretty sure I need to go look right real quick. But I think they already beat Seattle. They already in did Seattle beat Seattle, that, Seattle year. that year. So yeah. I, I think if you know, well, and remember yeah, they, if, you, if you remember that championship game. Remember Seattle just tried to give that game away. There was like so many nerves. They had like five turnovers in the first half of that game. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. I, I, and I and I and I think that I I definitely also feel like I remember watching that game going, "Man, we could have beat this team." 
Like yeah, maybe are... maybe my maybe my memory is wrong. Maybe that Dallas team was better than I remember. I you know I think that if that that offense was really difficult, I you know to stop our offense was really difficult to stop. You know, obviously Romo playing at a level that he was playing at, and yeah. and I think that you know it, it just it would have been you know and then you know as, as the especially at how the way he was playing near the end of the season at once. Uh, 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 Murray had kind of tailed off a little bit. I think, you know, Romo had picked up the slack there, and that's where we had seen. I think that stretch was the best stretch of Romo I we agree. had seen, you know. Uh, and so I think that, you know, that was, that that was it maybe bowing us to, to, to beating Seattle and, and t- turning it into a, a, a playoff appearance. And then, you know, from there, I mean, the question then becomes like, you know, could they have beaten was it New England that year? New England, I think. yeah, that was yeah. that was New England. I, I think the best New England team we've seen because they had Gronkowski, uh, they had Darrell Revis on that time, they yep. had Julian Edelman. Yep. That was that, I, that was the end of when they had like the most talent they had. Yeah, I, I, they still had Chandler Jones. I mean, it was just it was a loaded, loaded yeah. team. I yeah. I don't know if they're getting past them. Um, I'm going to give you another one. We actually didn't talk about this one pre-show, but I'm just going to kind of get your thoughts about this on the fly. 2006-2007, Cowboys are playing in Seattle in the uh, wild card round. Uh, this is obviously the game where Romo fumbles a snap. What if Romo is able to make it to the end zone? There's not much time left in that game. Let's say they beat Seattle. Then what? How far does that Dallas Cowboys team go in 2006 with Romo's first year starting? They would have played Chicago in the next round of the playoffs. Uh are you but sure? He, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. They would. I played. thought it was. I thought it was Philly. No, Philly was the three seed. New Orleans was a two seed. The Cowboys were a five seed. Chicago was the number one seed in that division, or in that in the conference that year. So they would have gone and played. They would have gone and played Chicago at Chicago, and okay. remember, New Orleans beat Philadelphia. So if they would have beat Chicago, they would have had to play New Orleans. However. That 2006 team already beat New Orleans, right? They beat yep. them a couple weeks before the playoffs. Then in the Super Bowl was the the Colts, who I mean the Colts or the Colts were a good team, but I think Dallas, if I remember correctly, Dallas beat the Colts that season too, didn't they? Uh, I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think, think that was the I think that was that the was one the year they, they did. Yeah. That's so the I, I, season. That's the season where I keep coming back to. Was that their best chance to win a Super Bowl, uh, you know, over the last couple of decades? Was that 2006 season? Because that one really haunts me. Yeah, they beat Col- the Colts in Week 11, 21 to 14. Um, I I don't know. I mean, Parcells was a, such a good coach, though. That's I guess that's what makes me feel like they had a shot. Was Parcells was really good at knowing how to manage these games and keep them close and all that kind of stuff. So. First, first off, they they did not beat New Orleans that year. They you, lost are, to New Orleans. They lost to New Orleans forty-two to seventeen. Really, I was and thinking that was that year. We're talking about the two thousand six year, right? Yes. Yes. When they yeah. So yeah, they lost to New Orleans forty-two to seventeen. Am I thinking of the two thousand nine season? I must be thinking of two thousand nine. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the, yeah, that's they all washed together. Here's yeah. the thing. I and here's the thing that going back and looking at the schedule, this reminds me of exactly how I felt about this team. Uh, do you realize that one, two, three, four, five? Their last in their last five games, including the playoff game, 
they were one in four. Yeah, if I remember correctly, they they really tailed off. Like they, they lo- like they, that- they lost to the. Let's see how good my memory is. They lost they lost to the Saints. And then I think they beat the Falcons on Saturday night. I think that was the game where uh, yep. Ware had the interception against Vic. And then they lost to the Eagles on Christmas in the Jeff Garcia game. Yep. And then they lost a, kind of a meaningless Week 17 game against the Lions. Yep. Yeah, and, and I think, hmm. you know, to me, if you kind of go back and look, you know, what had, had been going on, it, it, it looks like they had started to kind of the running game had really started to tail off. You know, it feels like um, Barber had kind of reached the end of his, uh, <laughs> of his touches and and, and, like, and, that, uh, and his usefulness. And that was back. If you remember when they were splitting uh, carries with Julius Jones, still oh, too, yeah. it was kind of a, kind of a two headed monster. So uh, I don't know. I, I think that that 2016 was a launching point was a good launching point, but I don't know if that team was quite as talented as now that 2009 team. If you want to go back and mm. do a what if, uh, I'm pretty sure, and I, I, I shouldn't say that, say this without looking it up, but I'm pretty sure that if you wanted to do a nice what if situation for uh, uh, one of these, what if you were able to get a completely healthy uh, offensive line? Against versus, the Vikings, uh, against yeah. the Vikings, because yeah. I, I think that really—I mean, if you look back at you know the, their inability to block anybody, and, and I think you know part of it is they, you know they they had some people that were beat up. Colombo was, was had been like you know it, he was at the end of his career. Yeah, I think it was what, same Freeze, time, one of Freeze's first starts, right? Yeah, I think it, I, I think so, and 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 beyond that too, uh, like you know. They were, everybody was all beat up. The offensive line was beat up. I think Colombo actually played in that game, but he had been, you know, injured. He had been on the injury list for the entire back half of the season. Yeah, you're right. And was not ready for that Vikings pass rush. So I, I think a nice what if because to me that was the best team. That was the that was that 2019. That 2019 was was as far as going way back, you know. Like the in that Wade Phillips era, the, that 2009 team was extremely, extremely good. I mean, it, it, you you look at it, Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator. You had uh, you know Campo and Grantham and Ray Sherman and, and and the list of other guys who pretty pretty good coaching going on there. And obviously Wade Phillips is is your defensive coordinator. So I, I think that you know that team to me looked like it was. It was ready to go, and then you know showed up in Minnesota, and just like almost didn't show up in Minnesota. Like that was the thing. It was just it was so brutal. Uh, what well, the, was the going other, on? The, the other bad thing about that team was the offensive line in general was pretty old. Like because yeah. you had Flozell Adams, you had Mark Colombo were your Leonard tackles. Davis. Leonard Davis was your guard. Uh, Andre Durab was playing uh, uh, center. center still. Yeah. Uh, you had a beat-up Kyle Kozier that was playing mm-hmm. a lot. Montre Holland was just not a very good player who they you know they had. Uh, just a, kind of an old offensive line. And then they played a really young, good Vikings defense um, You know, with Jared Allen. And I believe they had Everson Griffin at the time. And they did. He they, had they, a huge game, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they just couldn't block those guys. Um but everywhere else on that team was, you know, was good. I mean, they had 
talent at receiver with Miles Austin and Roy Williams and Patrick Creighton and uh, the tight ends were good. That's when they had Jason Witten and Martellus Bennett and the defensive line was good and you had great pass rushers with Demarcus Ware and Anthony Spencer and um, yeah, it, it, I, I might agree with you. I, I think that might be the best Cowboys team. Uh, you know, even though the record's not as good as that 2007 one, I do kind of think that 2009 team was better. Um, lastly, let's talk about 2016. Uh, what if Aaron Rodgers doesn't complete that pass to Jared Cook? What if they don't make that field goal at the end? What if Dallas beats Green Bay in 2016? Then they have a home uh, game in the championship round against the Atlanta Falcons. How far does that team go? How, how far does that 2016 Dallas Cowboys team go, led by a rookie Dak Prescott and rookie Ezekiel Elliott? I mean, I certainly would have felt... I would have felt better about beating Atlanta. Like, I feel like we could have beat Atlanta if if we won that game, right? Really? Do you really? Because I... Man, their secondary, again, was so bad that season. And that's what I keep coming back to, is they just didn't have the guys to match up against, like, the Julio Jones and stuff. I, I think Julio would have torn them to pieces. I, I just feel like... That may be true. Like, he may have gotten a lot of... I just feel like the Cowboys would have been able to control the clock. And have been able have been able to be more efficient than than uh, than Atlanta was. I just... I don't know. I, I felt... I feel like... That team is so talented, man. Like, I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous. And, and, and I think that, you know, with the offensive talent they had... Uh, with yeah, you're right. The defense was not what it you know. It, it was not. It was basically relying on Sean Lee at that point. If I right. you know and right. Uh, so uh, yeah, I I definitely you know understand that. But I think that you know between Carr and Skandrick and Brown, they would have been able to at least slow them down enough that it would have they would not have been able to keep up with an efficient scoring offense. Because, you know, if you remember, Atlanta's defense wasn't... It was fast, but it wasn't necessarily good, yeah. Yeah, and it certainly wasn't great at stopping the run. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, I think Green Bay plays spoiler there for sure. Um, I think they, you know... And then, of course, in true Green Bay fashion, they, you know, they go up and, again, manage to find a way to lose another... (laughs) championship game so uh yeah so i anyways i think i i don't know i think it would have been a very difficult game uh especially in atlanta yeah but i i you know that team didn't know enough to be scared you know they went into yeah, pittsburgh and, yeah. and, beat, and beat pittsburgh they although at the same bay, time they green started bay. that game off so slow against green bay you know but maybe after they you know once they kind of shook off some of the nerves yeah you know they really I mean, they beat look, Green Bay after the first quarter. They really. I mean, did. what? Yeah, I mean, if you look at how Dak woke up in the fourth quarter, I mean, they scored eighteen. They scored. Uh, what was it? Eighteen. They won fourth quarter, eighteen to six. You know, I mean, Jeez. they 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 really did kind of come alive in the fourth quarter, and and uh, you know, unfortunately, Rogers became Rogers. But I mean, you know, ultimately, if you look at it at the end of the day, I mean, uh, Dak had, had a better day passing than Rogers did. You know, yeah, like I absolutely. mean, he. It wasn't like he Dak didn't show up or the offense didn't put up good numbers. Your two young players had, you know, twenty. Well, Dak was twenty four for thirty eight and three hundred two yards and three touchdowns. You know, that's yeah. that's a pretty good playoff performance. Zeke was twenty two for one hundred and twenty five yards. You know, I, I think 
Your stars had good games. Uh, Dez had 132 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Oh, yeah. So, I Paul Dez Gunther could not cover him. No, he could not. So, you know, I think that they had uh, – uh, they, they kind of righted the ship uh, near the end, and I think that they would have shown up in that next week and really – really like come out screaming because I, I think this is like i said this is one of the best teams that that we've ever had yeah the offensive uh, line probably would have run right over atlanta's tiny defensive front so I, that yeah. part i do feel pretty good about and it would have been it yeah, would have been I mean, in if, dallas rather than in atlanta it would have been good ball control and i think they would have been able to keep the ball out of ryan's hands more than they than he wants um, even you know Kyle Shanahan was a play caller yeah. then, if you remember too. So oh, yeah. they had a they had a heck of a team to be sure. But I definitely feel like that was the team that you know beyond where they lost had the best chance to continue on after that. I think I, I agree. Now, do they beat New England in the Super Bowl? I don't know. That was a pretty uh, I don't know good about New that. England. Yeah. It seems yeah. like all of these come back to well, they have to beat New England in the Super Bowl and. That's all. Dallas has really never had any luck with New England at all, you know, under Bill Belichick. So that always kind of makes these things a downer. But that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will be back on Monday. Make sure you are following the show at Locked on uh, Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. Uh, and I guess you can follow me at Marcus <laughs> from the time being. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how uh, that goes. We'll see. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend. We will see you later.